and the, regardless of the lack of, of recognition, you would go in that job serving your purpose instead of people. It's not limited to external. I mean, if, if God was limited by external circumstance or the stuff we see on the outside, all just about every single person in the Bible would be eliminated. I know I say it a lot, and I know it becomes redundant, especially for those that come consistently. And you hear me point out these facts that Abraham is barren. He's beyond the age of having children. It's, it's, it's not even natural to do what God asks him to do. I'm telling you, God is, is trying to raise up a generation of people that are going to do some unnatural stuff. Yes. I'm talking it doesn't make sense. And I'm not talking super spiritual stuff. I'm talking you're going to start businesses when you shouldn't be starting businesses. I'm talking you're going to write books about stuff that you've struggled all your life about. And you're going to help somebody else. There are blogs to be written in this room. There are songs to be sung in this room. There are books to be authored in this room. There are ministries to be started in this room. There are businesses to be grown in this room. Right here, I'm looking at people with purpose. Does anybody in this room believe they have purpose? That's who I'm talking to. Miles Monroe said this. He said, the graveyard is the richest place on the planet. Because in the grave are songs that were never sung, books that were never authored, businesses that were never started, ministry that never got out of someone's heart. I love seeing people grab a hold of purpose. I love seeing people. I promise we'll get to the Bible in a minute, but I'm just trying to I'm just trying to, to help you out here. That God is not looking for anything. Spectacular! I, I, I think so many times we miss the miracle for the mundane. We miss the miracle for the... I, I was at the gym today. Chris and I were working out. And, uh, they had this thing up there. It said, people that have achieved their desired result usually took one more step than those who quit. That's it. You wanted to quit here, and that person took one more step, and they, they were on the verge of quitting and said, I'll give it one more shot. That the, the things that are in your heart are one more step beyond you wanting to lay it all down and quit and walk away. Could it be that close? Could it be that close for us? Man, I'm telling you, God has placed supernatural power in natural vessels. Vessels. You know what's exciting about vessels? Is it's not about the vessel on the outside. It's about what it contains on the inside. I, I, I teach down in, in St. Augustine, Florida every Sunday for nine weeks. I'm two weeks in, so I still have almost two months to go. Thank you, Jesus. And uh, so I, I teach down there, and I teach a couple classes. And one of them I teach is a class called homiletics, just a super spiritual word for the, the art of preaching. These are individuals that have given their lives to ministry, given the last three years, disciplined themselves. And if you're interested, we offer Kingdom Institute here in Valdosta, Georgia. It takes place every Sunday afternoon. 
and uh, it's a three-year program. You graduate, you get a diploma, and beyond that, you get to gain more purpose, moving towards your direction, because purpose always requires a sacrifice. You'll never achieve purpose without sacrifice. Amen. And so I was talking to these individuals, and I said, it's not... So many times when we talk about preaching and and teaching and people that communicate the word of God, the thing we have to first off understand just foundationally is every single believer is called to be a communicator of the word to some degree. His word was meant to be communicated. I know that we have the book that is written. I know that we could say, go get the book for yourself and check it out. And this is great for foundation. This is great for confirmation. But I'm telling you today that God desires for his people to communicate his word. And what an awesome responsibility that he's given to such natural people. That he's placed the responsibility of the communicating of his word in the hands of people that could butch it up, jack it up, mess it up. I don't even know where that's found, but I know it's in there. These are the people that he has called to communicate the word. (laughs) Oh, I think I just totally messed that verse up. And and yet he still says, go communicate my word. Go preach my word. The word preach just simply means to proclaim. Just helping them understand, you're the best in it. You don't have to have some spectacular speaking ability. You don't have to be called to five-fold ministry. You don't have to stand behind a pulpit in a verse. You can do more damage to the to the kingdom of darkness in the break room at work than I can behind this pulpit right now. If you could grab a hold of that. You can do more damage with your child at night while they're laying in bed and you're praying and you're going over a... Uh, 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 Bible story before they go to bed. You can do more damage for the kingdom of God, for for the kingdom of darkness, than I can do right now. If you only, because what we do is is we spotlight and we highlight and we celebrate this, and then we devalue the little, the mundane. I'm telling you, there are preachers all over this room, and you didn't even know it. You didn't even know it. First Samuel, chapter seventeen. So God has called David. And I love the fact that we can look at the boy David. A shepherd. A shepherd. Verse 17. Then Jesse said to his son David. Take now for your brothers an ephah of this dried grain and these ten loaves. And run to your brothers at the camp. And carry these ten cheeses to the captain. I don't think that's the right way to say cheeses. That, that, how it doesn't sound right. Jesus, to the captain of their thousand, and see how your brothers fare, and bring back news of them. Now, this is important, and we're just going to journey through this. We'll see how far we get tonight, and we'll just keep coming back every minute. And I know that you'll keep coming back. This is where purpose starts in the mundane. This is a boy that was just anointed king. By the prophet of God. And what's his next task? Take some food to your brothers. And this is where we miss our purpose. Is at the beginning. Because we sit around waiting. For God to do some great thing. When he wants to know. Will you just follow the simple task? Excuse me. Who do you think you are asking me to take food? You are talking to the next king of Israel. Bow down before me. 
No. A simple task. Serving someone else. Could, could greatness possibly come through serving? Well, is that not what Jesus said? Whoever wants to be the greatest must first become the least. Jesus said himself, I did not come to sit to be served, but to serve. What an example we have. I, I, I tell people all the time, even with our Elevate, uh, which is our supportive ministries here at Anchor Faith Church. And this past Sunday was just an incredible example. I was just talking with Robert about it today. I got to see a lot of our people today. That's awesome. Chris and Robert. Hallelujah. It's, it's amazing how God is not moved by position or title or role or assignment. And I tell our Elevate team members all the time that it's serving in any capacity that allows the door to be opened up for God to use you in a mighty way. <laughs> um, I'm just a greeter. Yes, I saw. I just, you know, I just say hey to people as they walk in. No, you don't. You're the gatekeeper. If you know you have the opportunity to change someone's countenance before they even walk into this building. Did you know you get to talk to them before I get to talk to them? Did you know that you get to create a welcoming environment before I ever and, and sure my, my picture's on the website and, and 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 I'm the one up here holding the microphone that everyone's waiting for the great word of God, but yet they could receive a word at that door that could absolutely change their life. It could be something as simple as man, your hair looks amazing today. Because, you know, you might be the only one this whole week that's even noticed that they got a haircut. These are the simple ways that God wants to use his people. I'm talking about purpose today. And I know when we talk about purpose and we think about purpose, we, we see, you know, lights in the sky and we see all these things that point to greatness. But on Sunday, on Sunday, a word was given to this church body. And it wasn't given to the by the one that was preaching. It wasn't given by the pastor and the five full men. You know who gave a word this past Sunday? Was the guy running the computer in the back. A production team member that no one even notices. Unless the words don't show up and then we all turn around like, well, what's going on? Let's go, Jason. What's the problem back there? You got your A game today? Which is what we tell our production team. You want to be invisible. Right? Because people only notice you if something goes wrong. <laughs> but he came out of his chair, out of his station, out of his position. And served his purpose by bringing a word that I know set people free. We had one lady run around the room. I didn't say it. He did. Can we, can we please grasp? How valuable it is. Don't ever look at the schedule and, and say, because I know I'm talking to a lot of our core people. Don't ever look at the schedule and say, oh, I'm in kids again. Just say, yes, I'm with the kids. God, what do you want me to say that day? Prepare me now. Start working in me now because those kids have, I have a date with destiny with those children. 
That's purpose. It begins by serving. Even when you know the call. Even if you know you're called to some great thing. It begins by serving. And I, I watch way too many of God's people sit on the sidelines. Well, one day it's coming. Hey, how come you don't serve with our greeters? Well, you know, I just don't know if I feel called. Hmm. That gets me every time. Because probably 97% of everything I've done in ministry, I never felt called to do. I just did it. And it pruned me and it grew me. And it gave me opportunities to serve people that they never knew I wiped that toilet down. But you go to church and sit on a dirty, dirty toilet. <laughs> you probably aren't going back. But yet we pay no mind to the person that took the time to... That, that answered the call. My path to, to my purpose, the pathway to purpose always comes through sacrifice. The pathway to purpose always comes through sacrifice. And even when you know what God's called you to do, even when you have an idea, man, I know one day I'm going to do this. Start with the small things. God's word says, don't despise small beginnings. You know why he had to put that in there? Because James, so many of us want to despise small beginnings. <laughs> They're easy to despise. They're easy to cast aside and say, oh, that's no, no one's going to notice. No one's going to see. But God looks at the what? The heart. So we see, first of all, that the, it begins with the mundane. Start where you're at. To get where you want to be, you've got to start where you are. Now Saul and they and all the men of Israel were in the valley of Elah fighting with the Philistines. Verse 20. So David rose early in the morning. He wasn't wasting any time. I'm getting right to it. Rose early in the morning. Left the sheep with the keeper. He took the things and went as Jesse had commanded him. Now, he left the sheep with the keeper. And many times, this is what I see people do. I see them neglect what they have now when they're trying to grab a hold of what's next. They neglect what they have now. I, I, I tell people all the time when, when they, they tell me about feeling a call to ministry or a call to something to do whatever, I tell them, so what are you doing now? Because yeah, that's, that's the future. And God will give you those glimpses and God will place those things on your heart. But the worst thing we can do is abandon what we have now in sight of what's next. What do you have now? What is in your care now? He did not neglect he made sure that even what he had now was taken care of. Even if he had the idea, yeah, this is it. I'm going to get before the king. I'm going to go and I'm going to get on this battlefield and, and, and see what's going on. Maybe this is my grand entrance. This, maybe this is how. But he still took care of what he had access to. We've got to continue to maintain where we are on the way to where we want to be. He came to the camp as the army was going out to fight and shouting for the battle. For Israel and the Philistines had drawn up in battle array, army against 
army. And David left his supplies in the hand of the supply keeper, ran to the army, and came and greeted his brothers. And then as he talked to them, there was the champion, the Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name, coming up from the armies of the Philistines. And he spoke according to the same words. What were those same words? He's defying God. He's defying the army. He's saying, if any of you think that you're a man, come out and fight me. I mean, he's talking not just against them as a people, but as God's people. He's defying God himself. And all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, watch this, fled from him and were dreadfully afraid. Oh man, that so good. So the men of Israel said, Have you seen this man who has come up? Surely he has come up to defy Israel. This is what the army is saying. And it shall be that man who kills him, the king will enrich enrich with great riches, will give him his daughter and give his father's house exemption from taxes. In Israel, sound like great motivators. Sound like great things, great reasons to go after. But I'm going to tell you right now that the lack of training David employs far outweighs the reward that he could gain. So, if those rewards alone were a good enough motivation to fight Goliath, any one of the trained military men would have already done it. I'm trying to show you. That David's got a different motivation. Then David spoke to the men who stood by him saying, What shall be done for the man who kills the Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Watch this. That he should defy the armies of what? The living God. Now David sees this differently. Because people with purpose have a different perspective. People with purpose live with a different perspective. Looking at the same battle, looking at the same opposition, looking at the same giant, but they see something different. Because people with purpose wear a lens on that guides everything that's in front of them. And he says, who is this man? Not that defies the people of Israel, the armies of Israel. This is a man that defies the army of the living God. Because I'm going to tell you right now that people with purpose will always trump people with training. People with purpose will always trump people with training. You've got an army of men trained to fight individuals such as this. And a shepherd boy shows up on the field and he's the only one that shows up with purpose. Everyone else shows up with training. But you can't train purpose. Purpose is not taught. Purpose is caught. Come on, are you hearing me today? Because some of you have been naming off the list of why you can't fulfill your purpose and what you don't have and what you have been excluded from and well if I would have had their training and if I would have had their money and if I would have had their upbringing and if I would have had their family and if I would have had a house like that and if I had a car and, and God is saying I don't need you to have all that stuff I just need you to have purpose because purpose will substitute and trump all the stuff that people gain that gives them nothing but a bunch of stuff 
God's not looking for people with training. God's not looking for people with skill. God's not looking for people with stuff. God's looking for people with purpose. That will walk up in front of a battle, the same battle that everyone else has looked at and says, oh, we can't do it. And they walk in the room and say, how are we taking this thing? That's what God's looking for. People with purpose. The people answered him in this manner saying, so shall it be done for the man who kills him. Now Eliab, his oldest brother, heard when he spoke to the men. And Eliab's answer was aroused against, anger was aroused against David. Why did you come down here? Because people with purpose will always intimidate people without. You watch. When you start walking in rooms with purpose and watch who starts bowing up. Watch the ones that start throwing the shoulders back. Watch the ones that start opening their mouths against you. I also want to identify that the person that rose up against David is going to help you out tonight. The person that rose up against David was his brother. And you will find when you start walking and living with purpose, it's the people closest to you that will have the hardest time with it. It's the ones that know your history. They know your background. Robert, they know where you've been. Robert? Robert's going to do that? Do you know what he did? Do you know where he's been? It's the ones that know all your past that want to start talking against your future. Because God never limits your future by your past. He never dictates your future by your present. See, people around you, they only know you based on your past and your present. Who you were and who you are. But God says, I'm going to start talking to you about who you're going to be. You're a father of many nations. You're a man of mighty valor. You are a, you're not a murderer. You're going to help me start the church. You're not just a, a baby born in a manger. You're a king of kings and a lord of lords. It's God who starts looking at your future. He doesn't care about your past. He doesn't care about your present. He said, all that was just to prepare you for today. And I'm going to show my glory through you because they thought you were just a shepherd out in the field. But you're going to be a king and they're going to bow to you. That's what purpose will do. So you'll start finding that those closest to you will be the ones that will have the hardest time with it. You can't let that stop you. Can't let that stop you. Are you getting something tonight? My goodness. You didn't know Wednesday nights were this good. He said, why did you come down here? Start questioning your motives. He's questioning the very thing that God looks at. Why? Intentions. Motives. Where's that? In the heart. It's not just what you're doing, but it's why you're doing it. I mean, because if we just want to answer the question, I came to bring you food, bro. (laughs) I got your meat and cheese out in the car. If you want to know why I came down here. But see, David just found another reason. 
See, this is the thing about people with purpose is they can do the mundane, but they can find the miraculous. They can do the ordinary, everyday task, and they'll look like just anybody. Man, I hope we're recording this tonight. Oh my gosh. They'll just do the everyday, ordinary task. They'll just... Someone's recording. Thank God. <laughs> it's not, is it? I don't think it is. I got you, Bear. I got you. Preach it again on Sunday. Yeah, we'll preach it again. We'll set it on fire. The mundane. Every day, ordinary task. They, see, people with purpose, they go to work. They clock in, clock out. They sit in the traffic you sit in. They deal with the customers you deal with. They deal with the circumstances and issues you deal with. They just have a different motive. Why did I come down here? Well, I thought I was coming to just bring meat and cheese, but apparently it was about more than just a Lunchable. There was purpose in the Lunchable. They they find purpose in just a simple, ordinary task. I'm not just answering phones. There's somebody on the other end of this line that needs to hear my voice today. And if I could just give just a, a get beyond just just answering calls and making a sale and start recognizing that maybe there is somebody God's trying to place me in front of today that needs more than just to, uh, someone to tell them what's in their bank account and, and, and someone to help them open up a mortgage and, and for someone to, to answer the phone, but someone to actually give them direction in life. You don't need a microphone in a, in a pulpit. You don't, don't need to travel to Africa. They're right in your backyard. You see them every day. People that need what you have. And while we're waiting for the sky to split open, an angel to come booming through, and God's voice to say, uh, here's what I've called you to do, and we're, we're missing the phone calls, and we're missing the text messages, and we're missing the the, the lady, the, the clerk at Publix, and we're, we're missing the conversations that we could be having. We're not just picking up dry cleaning. But what is it that you need today? Why am I in here? I thought I was in here to get dry cleaning, but apparently you needed Jesus. Is someone hearing me tonight? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is this is really that simple. Why did you come down here? And look what he says. And with whom have you left those few sheep? <laughs> oh man, I'm telling you. I'm gonna tell you something. David's opposition isn't Goliath. This is his moment. Some of us never make it to our Goliath because we never pass our brother. <laughs> we never get past this test. Jesus would have never made it to the cross if he would have listened to Peter. Someone hear me? We never make it to the real test because there's a pretest. Can you deny those that you thought were closest to you? Will you be okay when even the ones that are the closest to you say, Lord, may it never be? Can you respond and say, get thee behind me, Satan? Because you don't have your thoughts on the things of God. You have your thoughts on things of man. Aren't you just a bank clerk? 
Aren't you just a bagger at Publix? Aren't you just a barista at Starbucks? Aren't you just a school teacher? Why don't you go back to teaching? Then that's what they do. Just like Eliab. Get back in the field. Where's those sheep? Because they'll always relate you to what you have done. They can't see what God's called you to do. And you've got to be able to take the step beyond that. Aren't you the one that always gets upset and angry with people? You're patient? You mean you, you, you just stood there and took it? Who are you? Man, I know your pride and the insolence of your heart. What does he say? For you have come down to see the battle. And this is it right here. This is the trigger for everything that I've said. Verse 29. And David said, what have I done now? Is there not a cause? See, when you get a cause, when you get a because in your life, this is the stuff that happens. You start with the mundane. I'm just going to work like everyone else goes to work. I'm just teaching my same old job. I'm just going back to my same house. Rather than seeing everything that's wrong with it, we start looking for the purpose in it. We start looking for the reason behind the reason. It's not just a job anymore. It's not just a home anymore. These aren't just my kids anymore. This isn't just my marriage anymore. This isn't just grocery shopping anymore. I'm telling you, it's going to alter Why? It doesn't alter what it is, but it's altering how you see it. Because you show up to the same thing, doing the same thing, the routine, the mundane, the ordinary. And that's when God starts doing the extra ordinary. You're just doing what's natural, and that's when God starts bringing the supernatural. Because you're a person living with purpose now. You show up there. And you see the same opposition everyone else sees. But you find solutions where everyone else finds problems. You start finding answers where everyone's looking for a way out. You're looking for a way through. This is what people with purpose do. It's what causes a shepherd boy that has no experience, no training, no skill. Because people with purpose will always trump people with experience. Will always trump people with training. Always trump people that are relying merely on their natural ability. And when people of God start showing up with supernatural ability, they start changing stuff around. 